And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me, well, I don't know if it's Tyler anymore, but he seems to be inhabited by the big Getty star. Tyler, is that you? No, this is the T-1000, duh. Oh, yeah, exactly. Terminator references, I was expecting. No, we're not going to do the same. uh, Expect a lot of Western science fiction references in today's subject matter. Yes, we'll run all, and of course, Tyler, if I miss anything, Tyler will run through them all, because uh, that's I, that's what I love him for. Um, we are, it's time for the episode of Cinema Shot, and after the high, I feel like the last two, after Tree of Might, with both Lord Slug um, and uh, Cooler's Revenge, were some really fun ones, right? And and some nice trips on the rain. I feel like, I, so here, we're talking about Return, the Return of Cooler, um... So before we break it down, let's break it down. This is directed by Daisuke Nishio, written by Taoko Koyama, uh, produced by Chiekai Imada and Rikuzo Kayano. Uh, and of course, uh, this was uh, uh, music by Shunsuke Kuichi. Uh, this was released on March 7th, 1992, with a runtime of about 62 minutes, with a box office of 2.72 Japanese uh, yen. Uh, and our cast is as follows. We are watching in the 2002 re-release version. Um, so that's what we're going off of. Sean Shemmel as Goku. Stephanie Donnelly as Gohan. Christopher R. Sabat as both uh, Piccolo and Vegeta. Uh, Vegeta who's making his debut in these movies. Uh, Kr- uh, Sonny Strat as Krillin. Mike McFarlane as Masaroshi. Brad Jackson as Oolong. Laura... Wow, Laura Bailey was Dende? Really? Um, yeah, she was Dende for the first few episodes of uh, Dragon Ball Z's original run. God, gotta start somewhere, right? Uh, Christopher Sabat as Mr. Popo, uh, and uh, Andrew Chandler as uh, Metacooler. Um, uh, Chris Forbes as the Guido Robot, and of course our, our narrator is Kyle Herbert. Um, okay, so... Let's let's just go ahead and go down like the nostalgia like we always do with these what we do with these movies recently. When this was released in 1992, we didn't get this till a decade later. When was the first instance you came into contact that they made a sequel to the amazing Revenge of Cooler? Okay, so you remember how in the last episode I was explaining how I was watching Cooler's Revenge on Tsunami, and then right. uh, my mother uh, took us to go uh, run errands, right? And we went mm-hmm. to the video store afterwards and rented another Dragon Ball Z movie. This oh, was the time. movie that I had rented because I was pretty much on a cooler high at that time. So right. I took it home, I watched it, and I thought it was pretty good at the time. But as I got older and as my uh, cynicism kind of started to develop, uh, along with my understanding of Dragon Ball Z mythos and lore, I started to notice many problems with this film and we will get into it in the discussion proper yeah so th- th- this this movie i and i think mine's very similar i don't know if we've rented a video store a friend of mine i think had it on dvd and we probably watched it at his house and i i had love uh return uh a cooler's revenge you know such a cool new villain um and uh, especially the brother of Frieza, and of course that awesome you know American Pearl uh, piece of American Pearl, and um, oh god, what was the other Godsmack? Right, I think um, disturbed, uh, disturbed. Sorry, uh, and then like the idea that Cooler is back. So this is our first official sequel. 
And I remember, I like you liking at the time, like, oh my god, it's it's a it's like you know it's Terminator, it's like all these cool um like big robots in this. Oh my god, there's that many coolers. This movie was awesome. And then I watched today, and I went, oh, oh okay. Oh, <laughs> but we I remember were dumb like, as kids. Yeah, we just like seeing shiny coolers. So let's go ahead and break down the story real quick. So uh, it does. It doesn't pick up directly of when um, Cooler's Revenge happened, um, but it's. I, it, I think. I think it's obviously. God, it, it, I, I'm gonna the ask timeline you, in this movie is so fucking confusing. Like I know it's right. non-canon, but there are so many instances where this movie could possibly takes place, but it doesn't even follow its own continuity of points. Like where this is supposed to take place, I assume this is supposed to be. Sometime around either the androids attacking or when Perfect Cell announced his Cell games, but that would, that neither would make of those the things most could sense. really happen because right. there are so, a bunch of instances in this movie where none of those things could have possibly happened in tandem. Like for right. one thing, uh, in the beginning of this movie, we see that Dende is already guardian of Earth, an event that only happens. Yeah. An event that only happens after uh, Cell announces the Cell games, and also around the time that Gohan and Goku have come out of the time chamber and became uh, grade 4 Super Saiyans at that point. But as we see in this movie, Gohan doesn't look like that he's entered the time chamber at all and doesn't even become a Super Saiyan for two more films. And also, another thing is that Piccolo is already implied to have been Fusakami at this point. So... This probably takes place a little after um, the androids uh, are attacking and probably around when Cell is just kind of running around. So that would mean that Piccolo would be stronger than everyone else in this group. Yeah. he doesn't take the initiative in this movie. It kind of does for like a minute. (laughs) Um, uh, And then also the fact that they just leave Earth to go fight this other threat, even though they got a threat dealing with right now. It's like... Main side quest, main story, side quest. It's exactly what you would think it is. Um, so uh, it cuts back. We, we found about new Namek. Obviously, of course, if you watch Dragon Ball, you know that Frieza kind of blew up. The original plan Namek. And to be fair, the planet was already fucked anyways because of the genocide that Frieza was the sh- was doing and the constant destruction upon the Earth. Um, so they uh, they wish for did they wish for or did they find a new planet? It just happened to be like old they just Namek. happened to find a new planet that was uh, habitable for them. Since yeah, the Mechians only survive on water, it was pretty much perfect and looks exactly the same as old Namek. Now um, they took their trees with them. It's fine. Um, well, not even that. The landscape, the colors, everything. Um, everything's the same. But uh, so. Um, New Namek is like, you kind of see them, that the New Namekians kind of like, oh, we're enjoying life, we're not under tyranny, and then immediately uh, this big monstrosity space creature thing um, uh, is attached itself to New Namek and pretty much the New Namekians, who after this opening scene, they kind of just disappear. Um, I assume yeah, they're all Namekians killed off. Namekians can't really catch a break. They're, they actually survived by the end of the movie. They were pretty much just captured, uh, just the power of the big Getty Star, but... Once that's dealt with, they're pretty much just uh, free to live their lives just farming water. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and, um, yeah, uh, they're under the oppressor. We just we don't know exactly know who's doing it. We just know it's like this alien, this robotic force. It's a giant um, space tumor. Exactly. Oh, you're, you're not right. It's not a tumor. Um, and, of course, <laughs> D- uh, D- uh, Dende um, feels the plight of his people. Obviously, he was... 
you know, formerly of, obviously, you know, uh, Namat Kian and stuff like that, very close to uh, Guru Nerl. Um, <laughs> sorry. I know Guru's out of this movie, but I couldn't help but do that. Um, and, and so he basically asks the, the Z Warriors to go out, basically help out his buddy. He does, Denna doesn't know exactly know what's going on, so we have a team of Goku, Gohan, Krillin, Piccolo, Ula, Yajirobe, Yajirobe I can get because he has a sensu beans, and Master Roshi. So, um, no, no Tien, no Yamcha, I'm assuming, um, no, no, ch- uh, Chaozu, um, you know, just let's bring Oolong. They're pretty much just uh, licking their wounds for getting bodied by the androids. Probably. Um, and, yeah, especially, God, especially Yamcha. He was pretty much almost dead. Uh, they In the they first five much, minutes, too. Yeah, they pretty much land on Nunamic. And, like, by the way, um, we do see some scenes of, like, the Nunamekians being, like, torture walk, which that, that was, like, that's probably the most gratuitous scene in the movie where they're literally being torture walk, like, very similar to how the Japanese soldiers in World War II would, like, mar- death march, like, U.S. troops uh, across, like, the hot sun. You even saw one Namekian get dragged on the, on the ground. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Team Forest did a joke about that, um, like, where that Namekian is getting dragged across the screen. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a joke. That That's probably, probably. unintentionally funny. Um, but the team... This is really not much of a story, guys. The team arrives, and they see shit's happening, and shortly into the fighting, um... Uh, we hear a very familiar voice, and it's cooler, but it's not like the big bulky cooler that we remember from before. It is a sleeker metal version of him, and he calls himself Meta, not Metal Cooler. He calls himself Meta Cooler. Um, I I'm just gonna the- say it now. Frieza did it. Frieza did it exactly. Um, so is this just a truncated version of both the the, the Namekian saga and Frieza's return all in one 60 minute movie? Yep, that's exactly what it is. And you know what? I actually do like Metacooler's design over Mecha Frieza in all well, honesty. Yeah, Me- Mecha Frieza was just like... Okay, so that's basically the story, guys. And it's up to the Z-Warriors to stop Cooler. Oh, and Vegeta shows up. But we'll talk about Vegeta's appearance in a moment. Oh, God. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> they act like he wasn't even there. Um, and so... Uh, and it's pretty much a fight for survival. And we'll, we'll talk about that more. But that's basically the story. Yeah, but um, Mecha Frieza was just like a hodgepodge of whatever the fuck they had um, yeah, to, to rebuild. Yeah, but um, like, like it just—I get it. Like, it's supposed to be a Frankenstein monster, but it just didn't look cool. Yeah, honestly, it was just adding shit because there wasn't much of the Frieza left. Like, he was just a torso and an arm at that point. Yeah, I'm looking at Mecha Frieza's design right now, um, and like. Yeah, pretty much. He has new legs. He has his. I mean, most of his head is gone. Um, yeah, it's it was pretty. It was pretty bad. Um, but at least cooler here. Cooler's entire body was all but disintegrated. And through the story, like near like the last ten minutes, uh, if that, uh, we learned that um, the what the this this thing is called. It's it's basically absorbing Namek for energy. Is called. It was built. It was. Basically, uh, it was from a sentient computer that was destroyed, but the computer chip remained. And slowly but surely, the computer chip became sentient and started absorbing, like, the things around it because it was, like, floating around in, like, satellite trash and everything like that in space. And that entity found Cooler somehow, even though his body should have disintegrated in the sun. Don't think about it. Um, Don't ask questions. 
Um, and so Cooler became infused with this thing. And pretty much, I guess, his power of his sheer own consciousness willed his body to take over the Big Getty Star. So basically, Cooler is the Big Getty Star. And he's basically created himself a new metal body. And he can regenerate that big metal body whenever he wants if he takes damage because the Big Getty Star is constantly monitoring his health. And he makes a whole bunch of uh, copy hymns just to put the pressure on the Z-Warriors. Yeah, from again, from a design point, it's very simple, but it's sleek. And I like, it's pretty much Cooler's old design, but like all, he's all silver. And you can see like some of the mechanical stuff, especially when he gets like blown to bits. But I, I do like this design, even though it's a very simple one. Yeah, it's really sleek, and especially compared to Mecha Frieza, it's definitely a better alternative. However, when it comes to Metacooler in motion, and that pretty much just goes to the animation in this movie as a whole, it does not look great. Let's let's talk about that because I feel like this is the first Dragon Ball movie that we've seen that like I don't want to dog the animators or anything, but this one was a lot of like, all right, we got to get this movie out. Let's get it out as fast as we can. Yeah, um, this, it does. It definitely feels like that. And you know how in certain episodes of Dragon Ball Z that the art style kind of like differs from episode to episode. That's only because in an ongoing manga series where. Uh, the anime is going on with the manga as it's being written. You have to have, like, separate teams of animators uh, just working their butts off on, like, separate episodes one at a time. Some definitely look better than others, but when the least good ones show up, uh, then it's definitely noticeable. Um, this movie probably got, like, the lower-end animation team for some of its major fights, and it is unfortunate. Like, there are some stills in this movie that I just cannot unsee. Well, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of reusing animation, like the cooler, like the cooler uh, Goku fight we we pro, we pro, we praised last time. Is just like it's a lot of teleporting. It's a lot of, uh, fr- it's a lot of repeating the same frames. It's a lot of using instant transmission as a way to make them disappear. It's a lot of boom explosions in the sky. It's it's a lot of as a kid, like that was cool. Like when like you're, they're punching really fast against anything. As an adult. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I see why you're doing this, and you know that that stuff can still be cool. It's just a lot, and a lot of it is that same like background of like that weird psychedelic background whenever something really fast is happening, but it's the same image again. It just, I don't want to say lazy, but I I would say they were probably like they had a really tight deadline, because um, when they when it cooler, when it, I, I should have looked this up before. Um, um, when did uh? I think Cooler's Revenge was the year before, right? Yeah, it was um, a year before. So it's like, I imagine they were like, we need to get this out, like, now. Yeah, 1991. So it came out um, in, uh, oh, God, no. July 1991. So they had less than a year. So this came out in March 1992. So that's not even a year. So and I imagine is, a lot had to do this with is that. Going, and this is going on during the Android Saga, a time in uh, where... Akira Toriyama was pretty much just scrambling to get a story together. Seems this like... is the point of Dragon Ball Z, where he was pretty much just riding off the seat of his pants. And uh, the movies are pretty much of the same caliber, uh, for what I understand. Yeah, and, and because of that, like, overall, like, as an adult at least, it just... It just, like, it didn't hit like I wanted it to. Like, it just felt... It honestly felt like more like an extended episode 
of a Dragon Ball Z ep- uh, a, a Dragon episode extended episode of Dragon Ball Z versus like a movie, like the it other. It feels more like guys. a filler episode. Yeah, in the war, like these movies shouldn't feel like that. Like Granite Tree of Might kind of had that, but it was still interesting. And like you know, like I mean, you can say the movies are filler anyways, but like they should still be somewhat exciting and fun. This was not that at all. Um, like. I do, like, I think probably my favorite part of the bit of this movie is when you get to see uh, Piccolo and his team take on the robots. That's probably the best part of the movie, in my opinion. I will say the robots themselves are pretty confusing, uh, since Cooler can pretty much just duplicate himself a million times. But, yeah, that is one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's like, why not... Okay, you can duplicate yourself, but why not duplicate the machine... Exactly. It's, again, don't ask questions. Um, don't think about it. Uh, especially when, like, I do love... I mean, again, I, I question bringing Oolong on this mission, right? I really question that. Extra but I did provisions. Lo- yeah, I do love the fact that he's talking shit, and he's like... Yeah, but just like, hey, dude, they're over there. It's like, yeah, shut up, you don't want to hear him. Like, Oolong's great for that. Um... But I won't. The one bit that made me cackle really out loud was um, Master Roshi. Like, Master Roshi's cool. Like, we know how badass he can be from World's Strongest and the other Dragon Ball episode. When he punches that robot straight near the crotch, and then there's that. I kept waiting for the robot to explode, and then, like, he goes, ah! Like, his hands all red. That's a great comedic bit. It is funny, but it's also kind of a shameful downfall of. Um great martial arts master like Roshi. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's pretty much just reduced to a joke in these movies, and it's unfortunate. He's pretty much it's... becoming Krillin. Yeah, and then Krillin gets his own little, like, like uh, if they can do it, I like, I did laugh at that moment, but Krillin's always been a joke. Let's be real here. Krillin's, no matter how, what He'll guy get his has Krillin, the, yeah, he has, he has his moments, but he's always eternally the joke character, the joke best friend. That's his role. Get used to it. He's not the rival. He was never the rival. Oh, maybe he was in, like, Dragon Ball when Goku was, like, a kid. Yeah, was, in like, the first world tournament. That was about it. After that, Goku just went, choo! So, this is not going to be another episode, guys. Let's talk about Vegeta, who just... This is his first appearance in this movie. This is the first time we're seeing Vegeta. At all. Yep. He doesn't and join them uh, in their incredibly long voyage to New Namek. Uh, no. He just pops up out of nowhere to help Goku getting choked out by Metacooler. Which yeah. is pretty brutal, by the way. Yeah, no, that that part is probably the best fight between. Uh, we'll talk about the Goku. Uh, Goku, uh, actually, there's not even much of a fight. Like, it just like it felt cool for like five minutes, and then it wore off because it just felt like, oh, okay, Vegeta's here, cool. Yeah, Vegeta's here. Oh, he's getting his ass kicked. Well, status quo, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, stop kicking me in the dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Team Sports. That's Team probably Force the Force. best frame in this entire movie. No, Vegeta's getting joke. kicked in the dick. <laughs> it's the it's the best best joke in the entire all of Team Four Star, and it was like kind of cool to see Vegeta because I, I mean like this is the first time I've seen Vegeta in like God knows how long now um, since I watched Super. So it was cool and hearing uh, Christopher Sabat's <coughs> "You will not make a fool out of me," you know um, stuff like that. Um, but it was just like. Uh, like you would think for Vegeta's, this is his debut in these movies. You would think that it would be extra special, but it's not. It's just treated like, oh, and Vegeta's here. Yeah, right. It would have been like uh, Piccolo in the last five movies, where he does appear out of nowhere, yes, but he does put the kibosh on the the villains' minions. Uh, oh, Vegeta for sure. Definitely could have been that. 
because yeah. that's what Piccolo was for uh, the uh, Cooler Armored Squadron, uh, <laughs> which is pretty much the Ginyu Force that Vegeta single-handedly murdered by himself. So yeah. why didn't Jeets get the same treatment? I don't know. It's weird. And considering he is the, technically the rival to Goku at this point, um, you think he'd be you think he'd be like that, but it's not. Um, like, I don't know. Like, there's not much to say with this movie because, like, it feels as if they're just running through the motions at this point. Like, okay, Vegeta and Goku are gonna like it was cool because I think this is the first time you see Goku and Vegeta actually team up together. I think there's merit in that. Yeah, uh, this is the very first time in any sort of media that Goku and Vegeta team up in any capacity. Yeah, because they... It is, it is begrudging because, bruh, my pride, but, you know, yeah. it's it's cool at least. Yeah, yeah, th- like, that, that, that part's cool because they don't really team up officially till like, the Boo Saga. Because even, like, the Cell Saga, they're kind of, like, they're still both... Like or not maybe see Goku is, but Vegeta's like I'm a pride, you know, Saiyan warrior. It's just, you know, that kind it's of just shit. a big cock contest at that point. Yeah, well, namely from Vegeta's side, because Goku's just like, hey, whatever, dude, you do you. Um, I am finally uh, stronger than you. Neat. Fuck you. Exactly. That team. That's Team Four Star, isn't it? Um, yep. Okay, I got, you got to send me that clip. I need to see that. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, okay, so let's, let's talk about why you alt, anything else, why you particularly did not like this movie. So, yeah, so the reason for Cooler being in this movie is incredibly baffling to me, and, uh, why he does the thing he, he does. So, he was incinerated by the sun, which we saw in the previous movie, and fuck, they show a flashback of it in the first ten minutes, so... If he was incinerated by the sun, how in the world is he able to merge with the big Getty star? Right. And on top of that, why didn't... If he was uh, going to eat a planet as the big Getty star, why couldn't it have been Earth? It was way closer when he died, so why target New Namek? Why not just target the the planet that Sun Goku was on, the person that was responsible for his death? And on top of that... This is one of the uglier Dragon Ball films that I have seen in a while. Like, the animation in this, especially in the Goku Cooler fight in the beginning, it feels like the first two seasons of Dragon Ball Super all over again. Like, the animation really takes a dip at points. And it's unfortunate and kind of funny in hindsight, but I don't know. This wasn't really a fun watch from an action view standpoint. It's, yeah, I, I'm going to sum with you every there. Like, I mean, I won't lie, like, the final set piece of, like, Cooler as this big, basically, computer brain um, was really, really cool. But, like, it just, nothing lands in this movie like it should. Everything Even the just, climax feels flat. Yeah, because all it is is, like, is Metal Cooler, cool, I guess, I'm going to call him Ultra Conscious Cooler because that sounds neat. Um... It forms a giant metal body to destroy a battle-ridden uh, Goku and Vegeta, and then that gets blown away by Vegeta. Um, I mean, it was both of them. Um, and it's just yeah. Like, before it's just... that, they, he, uh, Metacooler was trying to siphon their energy, the power of the Big Getty Star, and figuratively and literally fuck the planet. But yeah. he he underestimates how much power Super Saiyans have, and. That pretty much makes the big Getty star just implode on itself. Too much power, power load, power load, power load, and it's like, dude, you fought Goku last time. What did you think was gonna happen? You know how powerful it is. Y- um, idiot. 
Baka, you know, as as I want to hear Baka Monica. Exactly, is that Dio? That's Dio, isn't it? Um, no, that was Von Stronheim. Okay, um, so, so like, ah, guys, this is gonna be the shortest episode ever because I don't know what else to say about this movie. Uh, all the oh, if you want to list like the references, that'll be neat. Okay, uh, so. There's a few sci-fi references, like, uh, Cooler's um, metal body is obviously a nod to, uh, the T-1000 from Terminator 2, which had premiered the year before. Yeah, Uh, which is like, like, they saw saw that, let's do, let's do that. By the way, I want to note that, uh, this, 1991, or 1992, and then Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, which also had a Terminator reference, all came out within the relative, God, Terminator really did take over, like, Japanese people, I guess, really love the Terminator, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, there was an episode in the Red Ribbon Army saga where Goku literally fought Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the other sci-fi references in this movie uh, are actually uh, back-to-back. Uh, Piccolo is entering the Big Getty Star, and it literally cuts into like a 2001 A Space Odyssey for some reason. Yes. Yeah, and it's when weird. When he enters it? the Big Getty Star, it's literally just the core from the second Death Star in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna call it Conscious Cooler. I'm gonna make this a thing. Conscious Cooler is a reference, has to be a reference to HAL 9000, right? It has yeah. to be. Okay, like that's the big, that's the one I knew. Um, besides the Terminator thing. Okay. Um. Yeah, guys, this was this is just not not a fun one. Um. It just. Like, maybe you can find, like, if you have nothing better to do, background noise, you could do better, obviously, but, like, ah, it just, there's there's something about um, squandering a villain such cool as, as Cooler, huh, I did it, um, um, and, um, I, I, they, they found a way to do it, I think, let's just go ahead and go to the ratings board, I really don't want to talk about this movie anymore, it's just, Possibly the it's the war. I think I hate to say it's the worst one we've seen yet. Yes, absolutely. Um, and like God, I hope to God next week's somewhat better. It's okay. a little better. All right, I hope. I swear to God, I know where you live, so I will. I will find you if it's wrong. Um, or at least I know where you work. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler, out of how many Dragon Balls out of out of five do you give? Um, uh, Return Cooler, yeah. also known as Clash. 10 million powerful warriors, which is a pretty metal name, all things considered. Yeah. I will give this a one star out of five. Pretty much the easiest one star that we've done so far. There are two more coming up, but I'll save those for when we get there. Return of the Cooler is a squander premise and pretty much squanders one of the better movie villains that we've seen thus far. Terrible plot. Um, confu- uh, plot what plot? There was no the plot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Terrible story. Um, nothing is cohesive. Uh, the animation looks like mangled ass at points. It's just not a fun watch. It's a movie that you can very easily skip. I'm gonna give it a one. Um, I just felt very, very bored, and just like I, and as an adult, I just could see all the shortcuts. And not to say shortcuts are bad or anything. But when it's just that evident you needed to get a film out that fast and sacrifice everything about what makes the, what makes these movies fun and enjoyable, 
you know, maybe again, they probably thought, oh, kids will love it. Who cares? Just shove it out. And, you know, hey, we were one of them at one point. We were both 12 and probably 10 years old, respectively, and we ate this shit up. Um, but as watching is at a 30 year old and you can say, well, you're not the intended audience bullshit because we've enjoyed most of the last dragon movies. So that's bullshit. Uh, bad movie, still a bad movie. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, uh, too bad. This is the last time we'll see cooler. This, and it sucks. Um, yeah, actually this isn't the last time we see cooler because he does appear in plan to eradicate the super Saiyans, albeit as a mirage. Oh, there you go. What's that? that We're not movie? reviewing that movie though because it sucks. Wait, hold on. Why not? Uh, it's technically a thirty-minute uh, OVA that was prepackaged with Raging Blast Two, uh, oh. kind of like how episode of Bardock was for Connect. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's funny. All right, all right, all right. There you go, uh, Tyler. Please tell the people what we're going to be watching next week. Next week we are going to do. Uh, we're going to get some more androids in this one. Uh, you thought 17, 18, and 16 were too much? Well, now we're getting three more. Tune in next week as we take a look at Super Android 13. Yay. <laughs> um, Alright, and of course, if you could plug your stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy. And, of course, I stream live twi- uh, four times a week at twitch.tv slash iggy2814, um, where I stream Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, of course, you can also go to chargehut.com for all this content, and uh, including our flagship show, the Chargehut Gamescast, which is officially back after uh, the December break. And, of course, you go listen to some rushing shows that me and Thomas do. The one of the most recent up should be No Way Out 2001 uh, and another show that I'm blanking on right now. Um, thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And with everybody, sorry for somewhat negative review this episode. It's just like, listen, sometimes they happen. Comes to the territory. Um, uh, Lord knows we had our fair share when we did Atomic Shot and um, yep. and the DC movies. Uh, we'll see you all next week for Super Android 13, guys. Until next time, um, you can't escape me, Goku. I am forever and... Wait, no, that's the Shining. Shit! I'm out of here! Bye! You can't kill the metal, except you totally can. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.